From listener-supported KTOO, welcome to Juno Afternoon. It's Wednesday, September 20th, 2023. I'm your host, Boston Christopher. Gwyneth Chi Shawa for joining the conversation. On today's show, Juno Unitarian Universalist Fellowship is here to chat about a public presentation happening tomorrow at the Valley Library. St. Vincent de Paul's 13th annual Friends of the Poor Walk slash Run is happening this Saturday. We'll get all the details. And more Auk Rock Indigenous Music Festival goodness. Those conversations, music and more, coming up this hour on Juno Afternoon. Support from Hanson Gress. Seeking curious people who like technology, network engineering, and customer support. Opportunities for those who thrive on problem solving. Details at hansongress.com careers. For over a century, Filipinos have shaped the community of Juneau. But how did we get here? And why do we stay? I'm just here to try and make sure that this organization, that effort that people put into making this community vibrant and what it is today doesn't falter. Listen to KTOO's new podcast for stories from Juno's Filipino community. Manga Cuento premieres October 6th. Find it at ktoo.org or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to community-supported Juno Afternoon on KTOO at 104.3 Juno, 91.7 Juno Walk Bay, and online at ktoo.org. I'm Boston Christopher, your host. Juno Unitarian Universalist Fellowship is a spiritual home for all people who are engaged in a search for truth and meaning. The fellowship is also actively involved in social justice outreach and other areas of community involvement. Tomorrow night, they are having a uh, public presentation titled Live Your Values Aloud, Not Alone. And here to chat about the event tomorrow is Reverend Terry Schwartz visiting us from Denver, as well as Kim Kiefer and Jenna Whitaker. Gunnath Cheesh for you all being here today. How are you? Excellent. Great. Excellent. Thank you. Thanks awesome. For us. Of course. It's I'm I'm so happy to have you all here. So let's start first. And we'll hold off on you, Reverend Terry, for just a moment. I just want to find out what is the Juno Unitarian Universalist Fellowship. Can you tell us about the group and what you do? We're a small fellowship of about a dozen, dozen and a half people that meet every Sunday, and we are um, searching for truth and meaning in our own paths and supporting each other in that s- search. Um, we believe in the inherent worth and dignity of every person. And from that, um, one of the big, big, many of the big things we do are social justice. So we partner with the congregation Shukat Shalom pr- to provide the food pantry on sat- Saturday mornings at the temple. We also are actively involved with Family Promise. We uh, cook meals the fourth Wednesday of every, <laughs> of, so that's about three or four times a year yeah. um, at, at the Glory Hall. Um, we also, our first Sunday donations support local nonprofits. So for a community of um, maybe 18 people, we uh, try to get out there as much as we can to live our values. 
That's awesome. Now, Jenna, universalism or uni- Unitarian Universalists, it is a uh, a religion, right? It Correct. is considered a religion. It's a faith. It, it's yeah. a faith. Yes, it's a faith. And But it's welcoming. It doesn't have any like particular tenets? Uh, I think I'll defer to Reverend Terry okay, on that, but it okay. is non-creedal. non-creedal. You can okay. believe, believe whatever you want within a certain boundary of of commonality, and she can take it from there. Great, yeah. <laughs> sure. But there is a, a central belief in um, God, right? Not, Not necessarily. Ne- Not necessarily. No. Okay, well, that's good, because I remember going to some uh, universalist uh, fellowship in Anchorage, oh. and there was um, a few times when I was younger, when I was in college, and um, there was definitely a sense of um, that you know there was there was a belief in a central mm-hmm. figure, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe it's evolved over the time, and that's where we're going to find out. So, um, Reverend Terry, you're visiting okay. us. Is this your first time to Juneau? It is, and my first time into Alaska. Your first time to Alaska. Oh, that's Y'all so live great. in an amazing place. Well, <laughs> I think we're, in your bio, it says you're living now in Denver, a pretty also amazing place. Indeed it is. Right? And before that, you were in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then, so tomorrow, um, this is happening tomorrow night at the Mendenhall Valley Library. Let me just get these details out there. It's happening at 6.30 p.m. Um, and that is open to all, right? Mm-hmm. And there's no admission, of course. It's free of charge. It's a public presentation. And it is called Live Your Values Allow not alone. So let's talk a little bit about that. Like what is this talk sort of going to be centered around? Yeah. So the live your values aloud, not alone is also how we are as a community of faith. Don't need to check your identity at the door. We believe we are made stronger by diverse beliefs and we share common values and work for justice in the public square. Um, originally, from when I take a step way back to kind of speak to your experience of universalism, yeah, the idea of Unitarianism, the unity of God rather than the Trinity, it goes way, way, way back to early church. Um, and that was then a heresy after the Nicene um, Creed was developed. But there are Unitarians and Universalist theologies popping up all the time. And it was in the 16th century, there was one Unitarian king, our claim to fame, back in Transylvania. And his court preacher said, we need not love alike. We do not think alike to love alike. Mm. And that rings true today. And so when you come through our doors, we are people of all sorts of gender orientations, identities, theological orientations. We're a place where you can believe in God some of the time, all the time, or none of the time. Oh, interesting. Okay. And how did this come about? I mean, you mentioned that there was somebody way back in the day who was sort of one one, first, was that the first person or how did this, how did this particular faith get founded, I guess? Sure. So the idea of the Trinity actually came centuries later after the birth of the historic Jesus, the Rabbi Jesus. Um, And there were all sorts of different beliefs about who was that teacher. And often the creed that we understand now was consolidated in part of church history and as part of Roman Empire. Um, in the 1800s in this country, American Unitarian and Universalism took off. So Universalism, they were liberal Christian traditions, which speaks to some of the mm-hmm. uh, experience you had. Yeah. Universalists believed in universal salvation. Okay. Um, and Unitarians believed in the unity of God, that Jesus is a human who is a historic rabbi and a teacher and social activist. And so... Between those two traditions, they were way on the leading edge of liberal and progressive thought. 
and the universalist because they understood all humanity to eventually be inherently good and saved in mm. that language. There is a respect for wisdom traditions all throughout the world. And so that grew as our consciousness grew and with as we move into the internet revolution of information and pluralism and postmodernism, that there are all sorts of sources of wisdom and beauty from which we can learn to make meaning in our lives. I see. Okay. So is the is the thought that like you don't necessarily have to believe that there is a God, no. right? Um, the idea, it seems then more that you might have, but the idea of, of faith in something spiritual, right? Is that, is that, is that a, a way to think about it? Is that because there is, there's the idea that, you know, we think of this entire universe that we live in, right? Mm -hmm. And we're just one little tiny ant on this earth that mm -hmm. we embody, right? That we, we There must be more. That's the question we, we have right, in our yeah. brains, right? When we're young or whatever, we sort of start thinking about that. Like, well, what else is there? Or, mm -hmm. you know, for some people, it might be what happens after I pass, yeah. right? But yeah, where do I go questions. or what happens to me? And, you know, so that's where to me the difference between like a religion and spirituality lies mm -hmm. so i'm i'm just curious in terms of, of of this faith like where is that line or is there a line is well, there no line there's there's openness and expansiveness mm -hmm. so i don't want to say there's no line because we have shared values based on the inherent dignity and worth of all people um but what I can say is many of the people I've served in congregations are staunch atheists. They are religious humanists. They are naturalists. And they come to understand their place in the order of things of which we may not believe in what we call a God per se, but we know we're not it. Mm -hmm. And that we make our meaning perhaps with the spirit of humanity, perhaps with the beauty of elegance and mathematics as we understand the cosmos unfolding in some of our latest science. If that isn't a source of awe and mystery, what else is? Right. We can come to this table of finding meaning and living justly and honoring one another with all sorts of diverse lived experiences that make us all the richer. Yeah, that sounds great. I mean, I was, I, I looked into Taoism when I was much younger because I thought of it, it was really interesting to me because they acknowledge that there's some kind of spiritual creator being, um, but then it was really sort of about the cycle of nature, right? Sort of about the cycle of the, the earth and the cycle of all of that thing. Um, and so that was really interesting to me because the Eastern religion seemed to be a little bit more in touch with that than mm -hmm. some of the Western um, religions, uh, but, you know, not necessarily, right? So I didn't look into all of them. I'm not trying to say definitively one way or the other. Yeah. Just from my personal journey, that's what I found was interesting. So the fact that this is, in a sense, sort of living shared values, as you've said a couple of times, and that it's open to all, as long as you are believing that everybody is offering something um, positive, right? You don't necessarily, you're not looking for, um, you know, things that that don't have positive values in them, I guess, right? Like in terms of expecting respect for each human being, Correct. right? That's what I'm talking yeah. about. That's and I think I mean. on a local level, if I may, um, it's a safe space to explore your belief system mm -hmm. and to be challenged and yeah. to develop it more deeply with peers and rituals on Sunday morning, which is what church traditionally has been. Right. But um, we come together to worship through our 
various rituals, singing, candle lighting, things like that, and really challenge each other to yeah. get to the heart of the matter, whatever that is, no matter what you believe. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So I guess a question for you, Jenna and Kim, like, what does it mean to be able to bring somebody like Reverend Terry to Juno to share, you know, to get the outside perspective outside of Alaska, outside of Juno, our little tiny sort of, you know, insular community, right. Yeah. To be able to bring that sort of fresh perspective to not only your congregation or your, to your, to your folks who are involved, but also then to presenting the this to the public. Yeah. Well, as, as Kim didn't mention, but we are lay led and for 75 years, we've not had a minister, a ministerial presence that's consistent. Okay. So it's, we decided to invest some of our limited shekels in in bringing professional <laughs> leadership here, um, because we, you know, our wells can run dry occasionally. We just want to hear about our history, like you just explained, um, and have our own um, worship committee get some respite from having to <laughs> crank out the the sermons every week. So right, right, right. It's really great to have her here. Yeah, that's and awesome. to be able to ask her questions. <laughs> right, because she's grounded in the education side of it that uh, many of us aren't. Um, you know, we've got our living tradition, the book that we can look at and read, our hymnal, um, our hymnal. Yeah. yeah, it's our hymnal, and it, and it's fascinating to pick one up because the readings in there are all over the board. You know, there's the Bible, there's uh, different. Uh, authors, their uh, Hinduism, Buddhism, you know, it's, it's everybody yeah. because that's what you, you is. Yeah. It's everybody. That's awesome. And, it's, and, and for me, it's that search for truth and meaning. And that um, is an ongoing search. It doesn't stop at a certain age. It's as different things evolve in my life. It's like, okay, what what fits now? What mm. do I need to look at now? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a it's a religion uh, that continues to challenge, to question, instead of just handing over. Here's what you believe. Right, right, right. Yeah, and it's open to that, right? Yes. So I know, um, uh, Reverend Terry, you um, graduated from Harvard Divinity School and Brown University. And you've served uh, in many different places. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious, like, what was your journey from, you know, how did you get to be a reverend in the Unitarian Universalist faith? How many hours do we have? <laughs> <laughs> we have a couple more minutes. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes. So, um, now I'd say my journey really began as a small child in the driveway looking at the dew on a spider web outside of Portland, Oregon, and wondering, wow, like, how did the spider know how to do that? Mm. Like, that's incredible. And being in touch and learning my own sense of awe and wonder. The church for me growing up, I was culturally Protestant, but we were not regular churchgoers. Um, and of the fundamentalist leaning. So for me, religion was not something you could question. So I had my questions internally. And I went to a Jesuit high school, um, and I blame this all on the Jesuits. (laughs) (laughs) They planted the seed of ministry. And that was the first time that I felt an institutional religious response to my questions of why suffering happens in the world. What does it mean to be alive and have to die? That's Mm. what religion is trying to answer. Um, But as a liberal woman, uh, 
that was not a faith tradition that was my own. Mm-hmm. And so I did feel a call to ministry, but it wasn't until I was sharing some of these wonderings in college that a friend of mine said, you know what? You sound like a Unitarian. And I mm. said, are you what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he went to his room and he got a little pocket guide, one of our resources we give to newcomers. And I went back to my dorm room and I read it cover to cover. I'm like, these, they're my people. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that's great. Well, the talk is tomorrow night. It's at the Mendenhall Valley Library, um, September 21st at 6.30 p.m. It's called Live Your Values Aloud, Not Alone. And it's an open-minded, open-hearted spiritual community that helps people live lead lives of justice, love, learning, and hope. If that sounds of interest to you, then it is recommended that you show up. It doesn't cost anything Mm -hmm. and uh, you're not pushing anything. It's Mm -hmm. just information and you get to meet Reverend Terry who's here visiting Alaska for the first time. Yeah, I'd love to meet y'all. Come on by. Which is awesome. I hope you get to get out and see some things while you're here. I did. Um, Oh, good. Okay, good. (laughs) Excuse me. Um, That's excellent. Well, thank you all for coming in today and sharing a little bit about this and the Unitarian Universalist Fellowship and the faith that is involved there. And and Reverend Terry, it was a pleasure to meet you. And Jenna and Kim, great to see you again. Thank you. So good to meet you. Thank you so much. Gunnath Cheesh. Up next, St. Vincent de Paul's 13th annual Friends of the Poor Walk Slash Run. We'll find out more next here on Juno Afternoon on KTOO. KTOO would like to acknowledge that we broadcast from the homelands of the Aquan. The Klenedi have stewarded this area for thousands of years. Today, our studios sit on a spot, once part of the Tidelands, now covered over with buildings, roads, and parking lots. We recognize those families who travel to and from these Tidelands to fishing and hunting grounds and to gatherings in other villages and still cherish it as an important part of their way of life for today and for future generations. We'd like to take a moment and say thank you to the individuals who helped us craft our daily land acknowledgement. Gunnath Cheesh to Vera Starbard, who planted the idea of making it super place specific and guided us on pronunciation. Lillian Petershore, who created so much of the beautiful structure. Ishmael Hope, who gave us additional ideas. And Ernestine Hayes, Bob Sam, and Fran Houston, who gave important feedback. We are grateful to all those offering guidance as we grow as an organization. Support for Juno Afternoon comes from Heritage Coffee Roasting Company, providing Juno with locally roasted coffee for over 40 years, with cafes and drive through locations throughout Juno. More at heritagecoffee.com. This is Juno Afternoon from your listener-supported public media station, KTO. I'm your host, Boston Christopher. St. Vincent de Paul is a tremendous community asset. They give aid to people in need, clothing, food, and assistance with utilities. They provide low-income housing and many other services throughout the community. This Saturday will be the 13th annual Friends of the Poor Walk Slash Run. Here to share some details about St. Vincent's and the upcoming event are Dave and Charity. Gunnath Cheese for you 
both being here today. Thank you. It's a privilege, and I appreciate the time to talk about everything we do and Absolutely. invite people to see it. Of course. That's great. So let's talk about St. Vincent de Paul's. I know a lot of people know it as a place where you take stuff and you donate, right? That's one thing that happens. But really, give us the lowdown on what St. Vincent de Paul is. Well, St. Vincent de Paul is a charitable organization. We run a thrift store, and that's where our run and walk will start, where we donate. And we really, I think some of our donations are helping people recycle, reuse, and uh use our resources more wisely. Uh, the money, you know, that people look at the thrift store and say, where does the money get used? And this is where the walk is unique. You can walk from the thrift store three blocks to our Teal Street complex, which has a shelter. It has 55 housing units just in the two buildings. And we have uh, three other low-income housing units in town that we manage. They're primarily for the most difficult people to house. Um, and we work a lot with some of the really struggling people. It's uh, interesting to see the glory hell next door because we're sort of the, the step up once you're stabilized in shelter and, and, and we have a family shelter. Our goal is to get you back into housing and back into sustaining yourself. And so, you know, we had a shelter, it's got 26 rooms. We have 32 kids, uh, 68 people living in the 26 rooms. Um, over the last 12 months, we've had 120 people go through the shelter, and most of those people who leave go on to sustainable rental housing. Um, we provide food to people who need it. Um, we provide a lot of clothing. Yes, we have our thrift store. You can get great deals there, especially if you look for the tag sales. Um, but whatever clothing isn't used, we also distribute in the old thrift store as a uh, clothing distribution point, the Dan Austin Free Store. And so we Get a lot of people go through there. Um, we have an active home visit team that uh, served 79 different neighbors and kept people in housing and helped them in need. Sometimes it's not monetary need. Sometimes it's a home visit team goes in and sees that the house was damaged from domestic violence. And rather than trying to find another apartment uh, in such a difficult housing market, uh, we find men to get drywall and fix the apartment and the apartment looks new and healed, and we can keep these people in housing. So uh, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of coordination from my perspective. You know, we'll give out Thanksgiving baskets. We'll give out Christmas stories. There's, It's an opportunity to see how generous the community is. Yeah. And people respond to that. Tell me just a little bit, and then we'll talk to Charity a little bit, but tell me a little bit about um, the capital improvement that has happened. You, you, you mentioned that there was a building that you were able to save from losing its usefulness. I would love to know a little bit more about that. Um, when I joined the board five years ago, we got a uh, condition assessment on our shelter that said it needed $2 million in deferred maintenance. Mm. Um, in the first year COVID hit, uh, the fire panel failed. We had an oil spill, we had frozen sprinkler pipes, and our insurance canceled, and we were in danger of losing the building. Mm. Um, a very generous local couple offered $750,000 in matching funds, and, and so far we've raised $650,000. Oh, that's great. And the building now looks uh, almost completely different. We've got a few things. we got to replace the fire escapes, and one's been paid for. The other one's the last money we need to raise. But we're really working. Uh, now our contractors are catching up with our fundraising. And the goal is to keep this building that has housed thousands of homeless families and seniors 
uh, able to serve another thousand in the next 20 years. Yeah, that would be great. And I know that that um, Teal Street location, uh, that building has been great for all of the different social services that are mm-hmm. able to occupy that. And so, and then you're saying that ar- around that, there's some of these uh, rental units, or not rental units, but housing facilities yeah. that you have as well, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and so I know if people drive out that way, you can see that there's all that great construction. It's so positive. It's so warming. It's so wonderful to see that here in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, and obviously the, the event that we're talking about now, the Friends of the Poor walk slash run, because you can walk it or run it. It's up to you. Um, I just want to mention the details of that. It starts, um, it's on September 23rd, which is this Saturday. Mm-hmm. Starts at nine o'clock. It's a 5K out and back to the airport dike trail. And we want to meet up at the, the thrift store. The Everything thrift store. will start at the thrift store. The run okay. will go out and back to that. And, and when you get back, if you want to, you can go over to... The shelter, because the walk will go from the shelter, from the thrift store to the shelter. Okay. And depending on the weather, we'll have a long way that goes around uh, Egan Drive and a short way that goes through the the new construction. The idea is to both put a presence in the community and to get to know what we do, because we'll have our workers and we'll have people. And Charity could talk about it from a firsthand experience. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm going to get to that right now. Um, I appreciate that. So Charity, hi. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. So <clears throat> I come from a very hard background. I um, I was an addict for many years, um, lived on the street for nine, 10 years, and I got pregnant. I went to St. Vince de Paul and um, they weren't going to house us at first because of my background and everything. And it was just a high risk, but they took the chance on me and they housed me and my spouse and my family. And, uh, it's come such a far way. Now I work for them. I'm their administrative assistant. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. You know, I've gone, I went from living on the streets and being an addict to now I'm going on three years clean. I have, uh, we live in a three bedroom apartment, you know, and it's all to the help from St. Vincent de Paul, you know, believing that, there is change and there is help out there. Is it is it now sort of satisfying or gratifying to be able to be working there and helping other families and folks that might have the same struggles that you had? Most definitely. And I like, you know, and I like to put my, you know, put my opinion out there to people, you know, like, hey, if you need the help, we're here. You know, if you want help filling out paperwork, I'll do it. You know, whatever I can do to help people become a better version of themselves, I will do. How did you know to call St. Vincent de Paul when you, at what point when you were, you know, you said you had gotten pregnant and you were, uh, you know, an addict. What, at what point was it that you said, okay, I'm going to call this particular place? So I was actually working with Family Promise at first and they suggested that I go over there because um, they were full at Family Promise and they said that St. Vincent de Paul would probably be better off in helping us. And, you know, I'm all faith down. I didn't think I was going to get in a place, you know, I'd thought everything was going to go wrong. And yeah. we had an interview two days later and literally the next day they're like, we're going to take a chance on you guys. Come on in. That's so great. I and mean, it's so hard too, when you're sort of feeling at the lowest point, right. To, and then to not be accepted or to the fear of not being accepted um, can, can make, can add to that, oh, yeah. you know, and it makes it feel so hard sometimes. Right. And it is, it is hard sometimes. Um, and so what is the, I guess I'm curious, like what is the, what is the joy now that you get from working at St. Vincent de Paul? To see where I was and to where I have come and to know that 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 possibility is there. You know, you just yourself has to want to want to achieve that, you know. 
Yeah. You know, and it, uh, and I deal with a lot of the people I used to hang out with, you know, and, you know, interact with them. And it, it hurts my heart seeing them like that because mm. that's who I was once upon a time ago. Mm-hmm. And I know they can make it and I know these people can come from where they are but they are the ones that are going to have to want to want it. You have to want to make that decision, exactly. right? So you have to exactly. want to, you want to have to, yeah, what is it? You have to help yourself first a little bit before others can, can offer to help you. So in your job as administrative assistant, what kinds of things are, are you helping organize this race slash run thing? What I have offered my help. <laughs> um, I will be there Saturday. I will be bringing my son with me. We're going to do the walk from the store to the, to my office. Um, and as administrative assistants, I, you know, I do all their paperwork. I do all their research. I do their move-ins. I do their rent. I help people with food, anything, you know, wow. Whatever. I, I do what I can to help. And wow. she records the donations and the money. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, that's very important. Um, St. Vincent de Paul's is such a tremendous community asset, as I said. Um, and charity, it sounds like it's been uh, a great service for you and your family. And uh, it's really awesome also that you're now in a, in, in a, in a position to be able to sort of give back. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that must feel just really good. It feels amazing. It gives me goosebumps yeah. sometimes. You yeah. Know? It's really, really nice. Um, St. Vincent de Paul is having having their annual 13th annual. That's amazing, Dave. It's a, it, we've actually been an organization for 39 years. 39 years. Yeah. It, it was started the year I came to Alaska, but I came on the other side of the state. Yeah, it's, it's been 39 years since Paul Paradis, uh, Stan Miller, and a few others that I knew when they were at the end of their lives, but uh, have some fond memories of. And it's a tradition that we're hoping to carry on and continue. Absolutely. Well, it's the Friends of the Poor walk slash run. It's Saturday the 23rd. It starts at the thrift store. Um, You want to give the address of the thrift store? Uh, 9151 Glacier Highway. It's at the corner of Shell Simmons and uh, Glacier Highway. You know, we get a lot of people who walk two blocks from the airport and find things. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. And um, and it is a uh, it's a fundraiser, right? It's a fundraiser and an awareness raiser. You know, okay. it's, it's if we're giving tours of the shelter, if you're not sure, you come and see if what we do is worth it. Absolutely. And where can people find out more about St. Vincent de Paul? SVDPJuno.org. SVDPJuno.org. Yeah. Absolutely. The initial St. Vincent de Paul, our wonderful city. And a dot org. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Charity and Dave, thank you so much for coming in and telling us about this walk run and also um, St. Vincent de Paul and Charity and your success story. It's been really wonderful to hear that today. So appreciate you all coming in. Thank you. Absolutely. Up next, Auk Rock Indigenous Music Festival starts tomorrow night. We'll have some uh, musical goodness next here on Juno Afternoon from KTOO.
This is Juno Afternoon from Studio 2K at KTOO. I am your host, Boston Christopher, and uh, I am in the studio right now with some Auk Rock Indigenous Music Festival goodness uh, in the house right now. You were just listening to a song by Yatsin. Hello, Gunnath Cheesh, for being here. How are you? Gunnath Cheesh, Kuyana. Absolutely. It was so good. And um, that song was called Light the Torch. And um, let me find out. Let me look at my schedule here uh, and just figure out. You are on the docket for uh, you're the Friday night closer. Yes. <laughs> so are we going to be rocking till you we start? We are going to rock. Yeah. We got my the whole band's flying up. So Oh, that's so good. We've got folks flying in from Seattle and Sitka tomorrow so yeah don't don't tell me that ed littlefield's in your band he has been <laughs> we we always want ed i always i love uh, ed is like he's so great i love I've, him uh but ed won't will not be performing with us this 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 show so. okay unfortunately that's that's too bad yeah. so um as as we were joking around with yesterday your irs name is nicholas glannon <laughs> um <laughs> And, yeah, right. And yeah. Uh, and you um you reside in Sitka still? Yes. Okay. And I know that you are a sort of uh, Renaissance artist because you're a uh, visual artist. You're a musician. I think you're also a writer a little bit. Um, obviously, you write music, but I I just think they just you- raised a kutia here. The, oh yeah, on the totem. Yeah, top. that's right. One of the one of the twelve that yeah. just happened in uh, that was in July, June, June or July. We did that, right? Yeah, something, something like that. that. Um, where's so, yours? Twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in this world, the is. time is just fleeting, right? Yeah. Um, which one is yours? Where is yours located? Um, Elizabeth Pradovich Square. Okay, so right by the mural. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Okay. You're right there near the the, the mural there. That's awesome. I love those that are running down the dock. Um, And uh, yeah, it was just great to be. We just happened to be coming across the bridge one morning and we saw the two being put up at Mm. uh, the park, the the whale park. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and we were like, what's going on? And then all of a sudden we realized they were all being put up everywhere and um, so fast. Were you able to be here for your raising? Yeah. Uh, Was here for the ceremony so yeah 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 um we, we'll get to that i'll have you talk about it actually kachung kachung's here in the studio um and uh we definitely want to talk about that because it starts soon right we want to talk about that if, it does if yeah. you see kachung walking on the street you got to go <laughs> <laughs> he is a very busy looking over his shoulders see, you see nicholas you see <laughs> kachung is a very busy man right now um as he launches this festival tonight and i think um let's talk about that right now grab that mic real quick uh it, it, this is the very first event right that's coming up the the youth the youth concert it is so you know we got all kinds of things happening tonight the gold belt we youth have concert. yeah we have gold belt heritage uh foundation that has been our generous supporter for yeah. c- creating a free show for youth um and their families so we're just, I mean, so grateful to them. And mm-hmm. so we have uh, Yekyatsin, we have Albino BA, and there's more uh, yeah. as a DJ. And so that kicks off at six o'clock. 
Yeah, okay, so if and you we- haven't registered for it, please come to the EP Hall and and come check it out. And hopefully we'll still have room. And if you can come in, we'll get you in. And that's at 6 o'clock and it's at Elizabeth Bratrovich Hall. It is. Tonight. So if okay. you come around 5.30, that's when the doors open. Just come check right. out the- So if you don't have a ticket, it's probably best to get there get, at 5.30 get there so that yeah, they, you exactly. can get, figure, figure out what's going on with that. Exactly. And that's going to be sort of like the uh, initial kickoff, really, right? Correct. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, I know you were talking earlier about you know the weather and the planes. Are we all good? Are we good? Come back to that. It's Juno, right? We're always good. It's yeah. Juno. You're here, and that's good. We um, have lots of artists here. Yeah. So we have- um, Sam, I saw Samantha Crane. Samantha Crane's here. She's sound checking right now. Yeah. Mark Brown's here. Akumatu's uh, here. Akumatu's here. Yeah. Uh, we have a, a number of artists that are here. So we're-, we're And Yatsin's here, which yeah. is, yes, absolutely. So how did you get started in uh, making the music? Oh, I, my father, my uh, late father, Dave Glannon was, you know, my first love for music um, influence, I guess. So he was epic at Delta Blues and, and just appreciated surrounding us with music his whole life. Got us our first guitars. Um, that was my introduction. And yeah. He was my mentor and teacher in a lot of ways for that. So, uh, Oh, interesting. I don't make the same music that my father did, but I, you know, I did learn open tunings and I love playing that Delta blues style of, of music. And, and when I do so now, it feels like it's in his honor, but um, it's, it's uh yeah. I, sound and sonics is a really important part of my practice for a lot of reasons. Yeah. For indigenous artists, I feel like, you know, I multidisciplinary in other fields that show in different institutions and spaces. And we're oftentimes, uh, categorized are, are put into these, these spaces and boxes. And, and, um, those include things like anthropology or, or romanticized ideas. And for me, music was always, it was human, like in, in a mm. way of human experience that transcended any of those things. And it still is that for me right now. So the process of that is a reminder of that. As well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's geez. Um, so I'm curious, what does the, what is this? I mean, we had this, we had a festival a couple years ago. We talked about this the, uh, yesterday, but it was, it was during the pandemic. And so it was like on video and you can only really watch it at web stream. Now it's in person and a lot of people are going to be able to show up. You're going to be able to like hang out with some other musicians. Mm-hmm. And um, what does it mean to you as an artist to have a festival, an indigenous music festival. And we keep harping on this, but it's the only one in the United States. Like there's nothing like this in the world. Yeah. I mean, what is, what does that feel like for you as an artist? It's it's major. Uh, I was at the 2020 live stream and Ed Littlefield was my drummer. (laughs) (laughs) Love Ed. We love having Ed. What's up Ed? So, um, Ed Littlefield is my drummer. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. This week? He's drumming for Bumio for the next couple months. Oh, sure. nice. Okay. Awesome. Great. Glad he's in town. So, yeah. yeah there's nothing like it. Yeah. We need to have spaces for our songs, our stories, our create creative performances and work. And yeah. this is that. Like, And it's here. Yeah. It, it's it's amazing that it's here. It's been been talked about for so long, and now it's it's jumping up on us, and it's kicking off tonight, and it's it's really cool. Um, you were talking a little bit about your musical, you know, your father and the influence that he had on you. What are some of your other 
influences maybe now or that you that were happening for you when you were younger that kind of brought you to the musical style that you're doing now? Yeah. I don't know. The land always, mm. uh, being highly experimental and having no, no training. Yeah. Uh, Zach Wass, who's, um, I've collaborated and performed with who's flying in tomorrow, went to Berkeley music school, incredible musician, um, poached by Bumiwa for this tour. Who's <laughs> <laughs> also played with Bumiwa. <laughs> uh, quit calling my bandmates up. <laughs> Can I get their numbers? Yeah. <laughs> uh, offers a foundation of knowledge and training in that space. And, and I, th I feel like these, these type of relationships can go, uh, positively in certain ways where I might be more open and free to mm. strange things. And, and you might hear that in some of the sounds, I think. So let me ask a sort of, this is more Not to say that Zachy's closed off or anything. I just think when there's structure and knowledge of theory, it can also, um, you know, I feel like there's room for both of it, right? There is, yeah, there is, there's absolutely. room for the land and then that music theory. Because yeah. we do the same thing because we're not classically trained, but yeah. we do work with yeah. folks that went to Berkeley. Yes. And you need that. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. They help realize and ideas and also help tell you what the chord name is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. So the question I have is like in terms of like kind of a granular question, especially in, in a sense as, you know, somebody who didn't go to Berkeley and doesn't know that idea, which yeah. is I think is fascinating. Like, how does the initial, I'm curious about that initial impulse, yeah. right? Of like, a feeling. when, when you, when it's you, a feeling. is it something you're seeing? Is you it have to open up to it? Yeah. For me, I'm yeah. speaking for myself, but you have to open yourself up to that. And in the creative space. So I'm writing a new record right now yeah. for the Siatsin project. And, um, I'm highly aware of a, a day I should be in that space or shouldn't be. And mm. if I show up and I know I can't be there doing something because i'm not prepared i've turned off turn off the spaceship and and <laughs> this is name of my studio is like mm -hmm. a, a lot of analog synthesizers and stuff yeah and, and just come back when i'm right, ready right um but you have for me you have to be and a lot of this work we do is that even the carving yeah stuff like that you have to be in a good headspace because you're working in so many different uh art forms yeah like is each day like an adventure in that? Because do you wake up some days and you're like, today I'm going to carve or today I'm going to. Sometimes gonna... I know in a ideal world where, where there's no deadlines and, and commitments of things. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. For me now it's clearing out my schedule. So I've cleared out month. I, I've, I've cleared out a month of no travel this summer. That was huge for me. Mm. And, and that was to subsist, um, and fish and, and, um, and start the record. I'm gone most of October. And just be with family. Yeah, be with family. Ultimately, mm -hmm. like that's the hugest part of it too. Is, but yeah, finding time, being okay with. For I, I don't, I can't session a musician into a space with artists, and open myself up all the time to that where somebody can converse with each other and be like, "This is our song we put together." I have to have like, sometimes I have to be alone, mm. and I have to make things, and they might not work out, and I have to shape them and retract them and, and get there. Yeah. So, um, that's how I've been working largely building ideas like that for now. Yeah. So, and then I bring collaborators in and I hope Chung will come through the, this, the studio at some point for this record. Well, I'll be there. 
Yeah. Yeah, that would be awesome. Nice collab. That would be great. Awesome. So we are talking about the Ock Rock Festival. It kicks off um, tonight with the Gold Belt Concert. Um, officially for the public, it kicks off tomorrow night, um, Thursday night. Um, it starts, There's. we talked about this yesterday, but there's two locations. You really want to go to Ock rockfest.com um, you want to go to aakwrockfest.com that has the full schedule everybody that's playing it's playing there's Elizabeth Bratovich Hall it's Centennial Hall it's uh, going to be at the Jack on certain nights there's open jams there's so much happening for this festival it's going to be sort of taking over the town here and there's all kinds of new ticket pricing structures as well that we went over and you can find all that information on aakwrockfest.com I want to take a little break here and then we'll come back. Um, but we want to play another song. Um, I want to play Knives. So we're going to listen to that right now. You're listening to Juno Afternoon on KTOO. This is Yatsin with Knives.
Uh, this is Juno Afternoon from KTOO. We are talking Ock Rock Festival. That was Nicholas Gannett. Uh, no, sorry. That was Yatsin. Um, and that was Knives. And um, that is, he's performing on Friday night at 11 o'clock. He is the closing act on Friday night, him and his band, which will be awesome. Um, so Yatsin, I just, what is the... We were we were having some fun talking during that break uh, about a festival that you used to put on in Sitka called the Home Skillet Festival, and it ran from like you know, ten years. Um, and so you're seeing Kachung and all his like uh, hyperness as he gets ready for this festival and all the things that go into it and the minutia of it all. And so I'm just curious now as a participant, you don't have to put it all on, which is great. What is the thing that you're like looking forward to most this week? Seeing the artists, meeting, meeting, and being with these artists, and f- seeing friends, and, yeah. and in the community too. That was the energy of the you know my experience of bringing people together through music and performance. So uh, it's it's super exciting. Yeah, yeah. I I think the 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 uh, what is it? What is that word I'm looking for? The cross like collaboration that can happen and just even the conversations that will happen. Um, Probably, I mean, some of these nightly jams that are going to be happening at the Jack, um, which is cool because like other musicians can show up other like regular folks like yesterday asked Chung, I was like, can I just show up on Friday night and jam with Bamio? And he's like, yeah, man. And I was like, what? That is, that's kind of awesome. So like, uh, and just to mention this, I just want to push this nightly open jam thing again. It's at the Jack. It's a 21 and up. The rest of the festival is open to any age, but um, the, the lounge is 21 and up because there'd be a bar. But Thursday night is Witty Youngman. Friday night is Bamio. Saturday night is Mark Brown. Um, and they're just going to be jamming for a couple hours from seven to nine every night. Um, yeah, that's right. We're going to be hosting it. Each of those artists are going to be hosting that moment, that time. Yeah. And we're really hoping that something beautiful will come out mm. of it. It's really, you know, you're saying it was awesome. It's, it's tradish. Yeah. yeah. It's tradish. Cause you <laughs> yeah. know, that's like the way we grew up was like when we had these type of festivals, there was those moments where drum groups would come together yeah. and, and, and be dancing together and do invitational songs. And it was a really great way for that. Like just those, those cross sections and, and, and yeah. collaborations. Of like cultures. The, yeah. the organic moments that yeah. can get created. And as we were talking about like song creation, yeah. um, sort of like you said, it was coming to you, right? Like it just it has to be a feeling. Um, something has to happen and you like, you get inspiration from the land or you get inspiration from a moment that happens in your life. And then all of a sudden you hear that in your, in your head and then you go and you sit down with the guitar or whatever. Right. And like, so to me, like the, I love it when I see musicians come together and just figure out like, what's going to happen. Like, we don't know. And that organicness. And then who knows what the collaborations that could come from this festival. Maybe some like, songs for the album. You, you, were, you, were, you were joking about like stealing band members and stuff, but you could just all work together as one giant band, right? So that's like, kind of fun. Like, where's Philip? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I just think it's great. So. It's ockrockfest.com. It's the Ock Rock Indigenous Music Festival. It's happening here in Clinket on Knee. It's the only, I mean, it's the only Indigenous Music Festival in the United States, hopefully not for long, because I think that we are hopefully going to be inspiring the world and others to think about this. I know Kachung was saying that in another interview yesterday that, uh, you know, people are are noticing that this is happening. And like you said, Yadzin, like this is just the, the tip of the iceberg and like the things that can come from this, who knows what.
what it will be. Yeah. Right. So um, I really want to thank you for coming in the studio today. Um, let's hit it out with one more song. Um, I'm going to choose um, A Feeling Undefined because that sounds like a really interesting one because it sort of captures what we were talking about here. So um, again, Yatsin is playing at 11 p.m. on Friday night as part of Ock Rock Festival. The entire schedule is up at ockrockfest.com. There are so many artists. We went over the whole schedule on yesterday's show if you want to go back and listen to that or just go to the festival and just show up, get a ticket. And it doesn't matter who's playing because they're all going to be awesome. And the other thing that's cool about it is that there's so many different styles of music. You were hearing Yachtseen today. There's also like country music. There's rap that's going to be happening. There's all kinds of um, awesome uh, different musical genres that will be occurring um, all by indigenous artists, which is like the coolest thing in the world. So thank you, Kachung. Thank you, Yatsin, for coming in today. Absolutely. Here we go. We're going to go out with this song right now. do it for today's Juno Afternoon. Have a wonderful Wednesday. Tomorrow, culture-rich conversations from Juno's Black Awareness Association welcomes guest Dr. Chelsea Green. Host Christina Michelle and Dr. Green will discuss her journey through music and education as well as her upcoming musical events and The Green Project. Tune into Culture Rich Conversations at 3 p.m. on KTOO and KAUK with the rebroadcast at 7 p.m. For more or to subscribe to the podcast, visit KTOO.org slash Juno Afternoon. Juno Afternoon airs Tuesday through Friday at 3 p.m. right here on KTO, Juno 104.3, and KAUK, Juno Ock Bay 91.7. Hello, out the road. Find the show online at KTO.org slash Juno Afternoon, where you can listen to episodes, provide some feedback, give us ideas, subscribe to the podcast, or find out how to be a guest on the show. Our theme music is by Indian Agent. Juno Afternoon is a project of the KTOO Arts and Culture team. I'm Boston Christopher, producer and host of the program, with help today from Aaron Tripp. Thanks, and have a glorious Juno evening.